Good morning. Hope everyone is doing well. Today we're learning Moed Katan Daf Hey, and we're starting at the last two words on Daf Dalad Amid Beis. Today, of course, we'll have Daf Yomi. Now we'll post it, uh, and then every day this week we'll learn either a blot or blot and a half, and it'll be posted early in the morning. I'm going to record early and then post every morning. So tomorrow's Daf will be posted tomorrow morning and the throughout the entire week. And we'll try to learn enough that Shabbos's Daf will have been learned over the course of the week so that we don't have to. Uh, miss everything entirely, learning together. At least we can learn this way. Okay, here we go. Uh, we have a, a good blast to learn, and uh, we're going to get started now. We said that we're allowed to fix uh, certain things for water during Chol HaMoed. Let's get into this. Chatita in. Chatita is the process of removing rocks. If you look at Rashi, top line, Dibramas Tsuroros, at the very uh, base of the pit, there's some rocks there. So male oson b'moed, you're allowed to remove them. You can remove them in order to let the water flow more smoothly. However, chafirolo, and says the Gemara, let's qualify this rule that you're not allowed to uh, do any digging. Amar Rav Yaakov, Amar Rav Yochanan, lo shanu. When do we say that you're not allowed to do the chafira? That's elashein rabim srichimlo. That's if everybody has water, great. If the people don't need it, then no problem. Aval rabim srichimlo. But if in fact the people do need water, and this is the primary source of water, then afilu chafira muter. Then even during chol no problem at all. Grab the shovel. You can dig a new channel uh, in order to let the water flow. Says the Gemara, v'chi rabim srichimlo hem ishari. Is that correct? That just because there's tzorchei rabim, you're allowed to dig during chol Chafira is a, that's a tircha. We know that famously from our Mishnah and for the last you know three four blot, what we've been discussing is that tircha is not allowed. So it says the Gemara. Let, this brisa implies otherwise. I'll say at the outset this brisa is complicated, uh, and we're going to ask two questions on it and then re-understand the brisa to make sure that it's crystal clear. It says the Gemara. If there's an individual who owns certain types of cisterns, you're allowed to be chotetin, you can remove pits. And if you remove rocks from those pits, if a yachid can do it, then definitely the rabbin for sure can do it. Now that's on the side of chotetin. Then the Brisa adds, you're not allowed to dig in order to create for the for the tzibor. And if that's true, that you're not allowed by the rabbim, then all, all the more so, now, if this b'risa is correct, that means that no chafira can be done at all. Yet we said at the top of the page that chofrin is allowed if it is for the tzibor. Says the Gemara, my doesn't this whole b'risa have as its undercurrent, doesn't it mean that it's for tzorche rabim, yet we still see that chafir is not allowed? Says the Gemara, no, no, you misunderstood the b'risa. Really, the b'risa is not talking about that. Says the Gemara, well, if that's true, if the Bryce is not talking about Sorech, if it's not talking about a case of need, then that's also probably true in regard to the Yachid. But then why is the guy who's doing Chatita allowed to remove the stones? There's no Sorech at all. He has plenty of water. He has uh, 10 other canisters of water. He's fine. But if you see him picking pebbles, that's, you're not allowed to do that. There at least has to be a Sorech. So if you're going to say that it's Bisharabim, then therefore we should assume that there's no tzarech for the yachid. And if that's true, how could that be mutter that chatzitza is allowed? It's not. After all, the price arrives. Water can be collected in them. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to do chatzitza when there's no tzarech. But if it's for the masses, then you can, you can pull out the rocks and you can fill in any cracks that's in the, in the, in the channel, in the water canal. So we see clearly 
that the implications of the first brisa is that if it is for no tzorech at all, chatitza's mutter, even for one guy, I'm a regular guy, I have enough water, but I'm just picking pebbles out for fun. I, I don't need to, I have enough water. The brisa says you're not allowed to do that. So says the Gemara of Elamai, what's the other option? The other option is is that we have a case of a yachid and he does need um, and he does have a need for water. Well, if that's true, then then the Bryce is difficult to understand in regards to the Rabbim, because it should be that by Rabbim that the Chafira should be Mutter and not Aser. Chafira mi Aser. How could it be that it's going to be Aser? We have another Bryce that seems to say that it's Mutter. This, uh, our initial Bryce that we started with is causing a lot of problems because the way that it was written left for two implications that were not, not really uh, spot on with other Bryces. We're a quarter of the way down, says the Bryce of Hatanya. After all, we know that digging, when it's being done during Cholamoy for the Rabbim is Mutter. Hatanya, Yachid, so this part is talking about a yachid. In regards to this yachid, you're not allowed to fill in cracks of the water canal. You're not allowed to remove rocks and you're not allowed to, to line it with uh, some type of line. But we see black on white in this bride said that you are allowed to dig. So says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. And I know that these questions are a little bit subtle. The reason why the Gemara is having a hard time here is because the first brisa was not written cleanly. And the Gemara picks up on this now, a third of the way down. This first brisa was difficult, and we're gonna be we're gonna explain it away. Taritachi. This is the right way to understand that brisa. If we read this brisa clearly, we will have a lot of clarity on what's going on. We are allowed to have, as a yachid, I'm allowed to clear out all the rocks that are preventing the water from flowing through the water canal. When is that? When that's my water source. All the more so, for sure, if it's needed for the people, because when it comes to people who are, when it's for the people and there's a need, you can even dig a new water canal, no problem. You're not allowed to dig for when people don't need a new water canal. You can't dig, not a canal, a cistern. You're not allowed to dig new water pits when there's no need for them. And if it's a case of no need, and this brysa clears up all of the questions, makes all of the, the smaller brises that we saw afterwards fit perfectly. Um, that uh, we have uh, we have very clear parameters in this price. And in fact, says the Gemara, Amar Ravashi, Mas Nisa Nami Deka, halfway down, six lines before the wide lines, Ravashi says that our Mishnah is also Maduyak like this, Diktani, Osin Kol Our Mishnah has the language of Kol Whenever we see the word Kol in a Mishnah, almost every time, we're going to ask this question, Kol Lasu Yemai. You are being sweeping in your comment. Everything. Well, what does everything mean? What's coal? What is it? What, what, what were you including in coal? Doesn't that come to teach you that means that you're allowed to dig a new canal, a new channel for water when it's the needs of the people? Says the Gemara, maybe not. Maybe that's not what Osin called means. And maybe our Mishnah is not much of a riot to this new reading of the Brisa. Lo, really, the language of Hakol. Osin uh, was to teach us the following. Yotzin likvots es hadrachim. Likvots, a coat is a thorn. So likvots es hadrachim is to dethorn an, an area where you're walking. So let's say you have an overgrowth of a thorn bush. So then it's the responsibility of the community to go get some. Uh, 
to go get a chainsaw or whatever we use to cut thorns. I don't know what people use to cut thorns and make sure that it's safe to walk. To fill in all the potholes, which is at the marketplace to make sure that it's all fit for the public. To make sure that you measure the mikvos so that all the mikvos are, are kosher. That's falling short in its numbers. So we direct water into that mikvah to make sure it has the right amount. If you don't do these things and correct these things, that any blood that spills in those places, in other words, any errors that are made because the city didn't do their thing and they didn't clean up. So then, that's if, as if they killed someone. So therefore, the city is obligated to do these things. So what the Gemara is saying is that when it says in our Mishnah that we do hakol uh, whatever what was the language of the Mishnah, osin kol rabim. So no, it's not about digging; it's about uh, fixing up the roads. All of those can be done during chol amoy. Says the Gemara, that makes no sense because when we say hakol mai, it means that something's not written in the Mishnah. We're trying to infer what does the word kol mean, but all of those things are written. All of those things are written in the Mishnah. We talked and it can't be that that when the Mishnah says Osin Rabim, that the things are all written in the Mishnah. By definition, it shouldn't be written in a Mishnah. And therefore, we can't accept that answer. We go back to where we started. If we were poskim, which we're not, we would say that you can do Chafira on Chol Hamoid as long as it's Litzorach. And you can't even do Chatita, the removing of pebbles on Chol Hamoid even uh, if it's fun for you, but if there's no point in doing it, if there's no tzorech, then you're not allowed. Again, as we've been saying over the last couple of days, we are very gently trying to uh, come up with this definition of what tircha is. You can remove pebbles, but only if it's tzorech. Otherwise, it's a tircha. You're allowed to dig if it's tzorech, but for the ravim and not for all of these very gentle nuances, all trying to define what is considered to be a tircha an chol hamoy. Now, does a rabbi mean you and your friend or? It's a tzibur. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that feeds many families. It's, a, it's like a water canal. We're not used to that the way our water system is so sophisticated relative to theirs. It's no comparison. All right, two thirds of the way down, four lines into the wide lines. Umid sainanes akvaros, we're going to speak about this until the end of the day today, 25 minutes until shakras. That we have an obligation to uh, create a, a line of demarcation of where a kever is. Now, obviously, a lot of this has to do with kahuna because a kohen is not allowed to become tummy. So, in many of the, um, certainly in the non Jewish cemeteries, but even in some Jewish cemeteries of old, they the bodies weren't buried low enough in the ground, so they moved. And like the you have on top, you have the tombstone, but the mace is like off, off to the side over all the years, whatever's left of the mace. So we have an obligation as Jews to be Mitzayin as Akvaras. And you're allowed to do this even... <clears throat> You're allowed to do this even in Chol HaMoy. Tosis on the first page said the reason that was true is because it's not a Tircha. Let's learn some of the Halachos. Amr Shimon Ben Pazi. Revez Litzion Kvaros Minat Torah Minayin. What is a hint from the Torah that we are obligated to place a Remez, to write that uh, there's a, or to show in some way that someone is buried here? Talmud Lomar, we're going to have seven answers to this question as to how we know we're supposed to uh, create some type of demarcation to know that a, place is, a person is buried there. Talmud Lomar, answer number one. Okay, you have to build an uh, bite. You have to build a tzion. You have to build a, um, something that lets us know what's going on. That there's a mace there. On this one, there's a question. On answer number one, you want to know uh, what the source uh, you want to? Oh yeah, well, who who said this before Yechezkel? What's the pasuk in Chumash? It's only a pasuk from Sefer Yechezkel. So before Yechezkel, man Amra. 
says the Gemara, with the if every time we see a pasuk in Chum, if we see a pasuk in Yechezkel, you need to match it to a pasuk in Chumash. That's a problem. We have a, a one halacha that we're about to learn that we never, uh, we didn't learn it from Moshe, but we did learn it from Yechezkel. What is that? The halacha is that if you have a Kohen who's an Arel, he's not allowed to do the avoda. That is not in Chumash. That is found in Yechezkel. That's found in, in Yechezkel. That's not found anywhere else. So, you're going to ask the same question over there. It doesn't mean it's not a dindo raisa just because you can't find a pasik in Chumash. It is a tradition. And the tradition is that a uh, Kohen, who's an RL, is not allowed to, uh, he's not allowed to do the avoda. That's a place to open up shop once the base of Mikdash opens. I'm going to open a bris mila store right next to the base of Mikdash. Anybody needs a procedure? Go. I will take care of you, especially if you're a Kohen, you get a discount. So the Gemara says, we don't have a Pasuk for that in Chumash. We have only a Pasuk in, in, uh, in Yechezkel. So Hachanami, don't ask me for a Pasuk about how we know that we're supposed to, to, to mark where the graves are. So that's answer number one, is that we have a tradition that's quoted through Yechezkel, but it seemingly is a dindo raisa, in some way, shape, and form, at least it seems that way, um, that uh, we are obligated to, uh, to mark a grave. Next, 12 lines from the bottom. From the Pasuk that says these words, a person should say about themselves that they're Tameh, and you should separate from them, talking about someone who has Tsaras. So here, this is true of, of a mace as well. We have to make sure that we know where the mace is. And with a very similar approach, I'm Rabbi Uziel Barbaray, the Rabbi Uziel Rabba, Tuma Korah Lo Ve'Omeris Lo Prosh, same Pasuk. Pasuk says the Gemara, that's not what that Pasuk is for. That Pasuk of a Yikra is not to teach us about the burial plot of someone that we have to mark a grave. That, that Pasuk is needed for something else. When a person has a, has a Tzaraz, they have to tell people about it. And he'll tell everyone, I, I made a mistake. I, I have Tzaraz. I spoke Lashonar. I need you to help me. Then people will daven for him. And if Im Cain says the Gemara, if you think that that Pasuk was only to teach us that the guy who has Taras has to walk around with a sign over his head saying, I spoke Lashon Hara. Just say the word Tame once. What about the fact, okay, I can learn two things from it. So therefore, the words teach me two things. It teaches me that a person who has Taras has to walk around with a sign saying, hi, that's me, my mistake, please stop and for me. And the second word Tame comes to teach us that we have to mark graves to make sure that people know where not to step. <clears throat> Third answer of how we know that we're supposed to mark graves. Wow, that's pretty glad. That's a seemingly, if, if we read this correctly, to not put a mark on a grave, it might be an Isra Daraisa. Not because of, uh, of the not putting on the grave, but because a Kohen may walk over that, and that's your fault. You just help, help them to, to become tummy. So this is a Shailam Masech Tzavodazar. The Gemara there discusses what are the parameters of Leif Neber, Michel, if they would have done it on their own, with or without you. Uh, it depends where the person is buried, a whole bunch of, so the Gemara gives a bunch of examples over there. One of the examples given is, uh, um, is giving wine to a Nazir and giving Aver Minachai to a Goy. It's one of the examples in the Gemara. Aver Minachai to a Goy. They have an Isser. That's one of the Shev Mitzvot B'nenoch. The Aleph is Aver Minachai. So you give it to a guy that's an Isra Doraisa. That's unbelievable. So it says the Gemara here too. You might it might be violating by not putting up the appropriate demarcation that this is a grave. Fourth answer. 
Seven lines from the bottom. Rapapa Amar Rabamar Solo Solo Pnu Derech. We have to make sure that the, the pathways are clear. Reb Chanina, answer number five. Oh, no, 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 we're up to, we're up to now. Reb Chanina Amar Harimu Michshol Mi Derech Ami. Remove stumbling blocks from my people. Rabbi Shulbreid, Rabbi Idi Amar. Vodato Lahem Es Haderech Asher Yelchuba. The path that they're allowed to go on, meaning we have to know where the graves are. Marzucha Amar Vihizartem Es Bnei Yisrami Tuma Son. The word Vihizartem. Rashi writes this at twelve lines from the bottom. Or so Vihizartem that Umetargem Minan Vesifreshu. One should separate themselves from. Um, and uh, we have this by uh, by another. We have similar language. So therefore, we should make sure people know where not to step. We have to do a protection of the truma. How do we protect truma? By knowing where the graves are, because if it becomes tiny, then it has to be burnt. So therefore, we have to know where the graves are. Last answer, uh, four lines from the bottom. Ravina Amar, we have to make sure that the pathways are clear. On this uh, pasuk, we're going to have a little bit of a drush. Amr Rabbi Ben Levi, kol Hasham or Chosav. Anyone who does a good job of evaluating their pathway, if they're looking through their life, is this the right derech to take? Is this, how do I do this mitzvah properly? If a person has a, an evaluation mindset, then you'll be witness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's salvation. We change the word from v'sam to placement, which is one word, and v'sham, which is to evaluate. So therefore, a person should always evaluate their derech, a constant uh, Constant uh, thinking about without obsessing, but thinking about uh, the higher quality of constantly elevating ourselves, not just in quantity of what we do, which is one category, but probably even more importantly, is the quality of what we do, and that should be focused on. And the Gemara tells a brief story. Bottom line: Raviani Talmud de Actually, you know, there's always that one kid in Shira always asks a thousand questions. It's beautiful. But you gotta the kid, the kid has to know when to stop asking questions. So this kid knew when to stop asking questions. The Shabbos of the Rigla, when it was Shabbos that was a holiday, he wouldn't ask. Why not? Look at Rashi, bottom bottom Rashi on the page. Why wouldn't he ask a lot of questions? Everybody showed up for Shir when it came to those holidays. If the student would ask a question, and the Rebbe wouldn't know an answer, have a mixif. It would have been embarrassing for the Rebbe. So he had a cough. He knew he was he was constantly evaluating himself and saying, hey. And it's not always right to ask questions. You got to know how and when to ask your questions. That brings us to the top of the Hamid Beis, where the Rebbe responds in Karelev He said about him these wonderful words that Hakadosh Baruch Hu will he will witness the Yesha Yeshua Hashem. Says the Gemara Tanu Rabbanon. The Rabbis have taught us in Mitzayin and Loal Kazayis Min Hames Loal Etzim Kisaora Loal Davar Sheino Metame Bohel. We are obligated. Yes, we are in general obligated to put up a tzion to mark graves. However, we are not obligated when the when the mace when the amount of the flesh of the body is a kazayis. Uh, or smaller, and not for an etzem kisa or not for a bone that's the size of a of a pearl of barley. Below al matami and on something that wouldn't otherwise create tumas ohel. In other words, the whole point of the tziun, as we've been discussing, is for tumas ohel. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. So that's why we are obligated to do so. Aval, even though for those things we are not required to have a tziun. Aval golas. We are obligated. Uh, to put it, see, and if there is a spine of the skeleton uh, or the skull of the skeleton, I'll robe minion on the majority of the skeleton, or I'll robe minion hames, or mo- the majority of the bones of a skeleton, if it's only by number and even if not by volume. And as well, when it's crystal clear what's going on, you have the tomb of the unknown soldiers. Everybody knows there's bones there because we know exactly where it is. So then, therefore, everybody knows, you know, like if there's like a dead person lying on the street, you don't need to see him. <laughs> you should bury the person, but you don't need to see him because it's clear. That's a vada. But one is obligated 
to be mitzayin, they are obligated to put up uh, a very clear reference as to where uh, a person is in regards to their tumah status if the person is a suffix. What are the cases of suffix? We'll go through all of them. These are the cases of suffix that do require um, marking the graves. Sechachos are branches. Um, Piroos are rock protrusion, protrusions and a base apras. A base apras is where we know that a body is buried somewhere in a field we just don't know where. Um, then the brisa continues. Uh, you're not. You should not put the 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 actual mark in the center of the grave, where by definition, if you walk to that center point, you're going to become tummy. You have to create a little bit of a barrier around the mace so that you don't accidentally step. There's no doesn't help. You know, if you just put like a flag that says here lies so-and-so, that's not helpful. We don't know what that means. It's too overly specific. It doesn't help us. We need a little bit more space. Is that why when you bury a mace, you're supposed to outline uh, after all the soil is in, you're supposed to like make an outline? It could be. I don't know. I don't know how they work when I said, I don't know who's, uh, but a lot of, most of the basic floors don't have, they don't, they're not standing like that. They're not, but when you bury them, you'll see someone go around with a shovel and usually just make an outline out of the maze, out of where the burial ground is after everything. Like the rectangle? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I didn't even know they did that. I've never, I wasn't that familiar. It could be. It could be because we have to know where it is. And why is, okay, so that was a one din that that we have to, not, not such a narrow definition of marking the grave, because we don't want to end up burning, uh, you know, something that's tower for no reason. And as well, you don't add like triple the size. You don't like say it's a huge plot of land for one maze. We also don't want the people in Eretz Yisrael to be like, uh, there's a grave over there. One square mile is off limits. That's ridiculous. Uh, why should, that's ridiculous too. You don't, you don't want to be mafsid. You don't want to burn Tuma because you walked into this fake space. And just to mark the grave. Just mark the grave. The body's only so big. How tall are people? Six, seven feet, whatever it is. It's not that tall. Okay. And then now we're going to ask a whole host of questions. And then we're going to wrap up at the top of Avamadala. Here's question number one on this price. What a strange thing. If there's a kazayas of flesh that doesn't cause tumas mace, yes, it does. That's what the prize is. Of course, kazayas mina mace is going to cause for tumas ohel. And of course, we should have been concerned about that. Why did the brisa above say that tumas mace doesn't apply to a kazayas mina mace? So, Amarav Papa, it is the perfect amount of flesh. It is exactly a kazayas. So because it's exactly a kezayis, and soon enough, by end of day, it's going to end up shriveling even to a minor degree and therefore be less than a kezayis, because right now it's exactly a kezayis, and tomorrow it won't be. It's better that, okay, somebody makes a mistake, and today we... Uh, and today we don't we didn't put a, a line of demarcation and this thing became tummy, the kachim became tummy. We'd rather burn it for today. Val Yusufu Allah Olam, knowing full well that it's not going to be a kazais in a couple of days. So we don't want everyone, every time they walk over this with chuma, to have to burn it. That's ridiculous. By the end of the first day. So I'd rather risk one day than risk of eternity for Tumas Ohel. The Elu Mehenasvek goes back to analyzing the Brysa. So we should discover in the first like what? even the case of today. Like maybe someone will actually eat it. Like, right? what does then, that mean? Meaning that you're afraid it's going to get messed up and they're going to have to burn it. But who says they'll discover that it got messed up if you didn't mark it at all? That's and what the Gemara is saying. I'm okay with ruining it right now. I'm okay with that. So you, you of course, you would, there would have to be a gidui milsa, right? You'd, have, you'd walk over this thing without a line of demarcation, and all of a sudden somebody says, "Oh, uh, I buried a pound of flesh there." 
And then they're like, okay, I have to burn it. But now, but I'm not putting a marker there because otherwise every time somebody walks over there, even in 10 years from now, when that flesh is completely gone, we still are going to be burning truma. So the Gemara makes a shekel and says, I'd rather burn for today instead of burning for eternity. So therefore, we're not going to put a line of demarcation over a pound of flesh, a kazayas of flesh. That's the Gemara's balance. A little strange. Why don't you just put up, just say for the next week? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know how it works. I guess there was, once it goes up, it never comes down. I don't know. So that was the Gemara's concern. They move it. What? They, they never moved them before. They, they didn't move graves. So we'll there, see today that they we'll, we'll see today that they did move graves. Uh, actually, they had a like a in the middle of a middle city where they were. If a person was moving from one city to another, that they'd stop in the middle of one city called yeah, Beis Abochen. Well, I mean, once if you're telling me it's bound, you put a, a sign up saying this is where so and so lies, and then mm -hmm. next week it's gone. You're going to think, okay, the sign came down. Maybe you're right. That could be. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems strange to me. I don't I, like the answer. Sounds a little. It, it sounds weak <laughs> a little bit like couldn't come up with a better solution though than like burning tumor, burning burning taros i don't know just okay third of the way down we had mentioned in the brisa above uh, three cases of suffolk and the words besapras are missing from the gemara some of the some of them before added back it should be here let's go through each case sechachos are branches so there's a mace buried under a tree we don't know under which part of the tree and it doesn't really matter in that case there's an element of suffolk of where he is but we we assume that everything under the tree is going to be tumaso piros you have rocks protruding from a wall and, and we don't know where the person exactly is buried but avon and piros mean I get there. Someone's buried under there. That's a case of suffix. What about Beis Pras? This is going to be the rest of today's conversation. <coughs> Beis Pras is, is a field where someone is buried, but we don't know where they're buried. Kiditznan. Hachoresh HaSakever, if a person were to have been buried in a field, and on Nemach, the person didn't know, and they plowed over the field, and now the, the skeleton is spread all over the field. Then that whole field is treated like a besapras. What amount of the field is treated that way? It's about 100 amos, which is the amount of distance that the plow will take will, will go. Uh, but I don't know how the Gemara determined that, but that's what the Gemara assumes. I don't understand. You gave, you gave an example in our mission of a place where uh, and in the Bryce, excuse me, at the top of the page, that when we have a case of a Beis HaPras, that out Suffolk, you have to put, a, you have to mark the grave. But that assumes that there's Tumas Ohel, because that's all that Tzion is about. That's all the marking is about at Tzion. U Beis HaPras, Mimit Tami Be'ohel, halfway down on Hamid Beis, there, there's no such thing. Beis HaPras is not Tami Be'ohel. V'amar of Yehudah Marshmua, Menafech Adam, Beis HaPras, Beholech. Let's say the only way for a Kohen to get to the Beis HaMikdash is to go through someone's field, and it's a Beis HaPras. So the halacha is that you can literally blow the dirt in front of you and just look, and literally, it's like, you know, going through a minefield with the right tools. You can just go in front of yourself and just blow the dirt a little bit. I see no bones, I'll take another step. Look, that, that's not Tumas okay, Oel. Because if it was Tumas Oel, you couldn't walk over the field. There's a way to circumvent the Tuma here by blowing up, blowing the dirt from in front of you. So that means by definition that there's no Tumas Oel in a base suppress because blowing the, blowing the dirt in front of you doesn't get rid of Tumas Oel. Obviously, there's no Tumas Oel in a base suppress. And as well, Rabbi Huda Barami, Mishmedu Ulamar, Beis HaPras, Shinidash, Tar, not only that, as our Bryce indicated, this was a plowed field. So when you have a Beis HaPras, a regular classical Beis HaPras is where a person's buried, but we don't know who it is. In this case, it's even better because, I mean, it's not good for the mace, but it's better for halachic purposes because they plowed the field. So now it's not even a Beis HaPras anymore. 
there's no problem at all. You could just literally walk straight through the field as a coin because if you have a a field where a person's buried and then you plowed that field, then it's Tahor Mamish. So there's no reason to assume in this case that there's any Tumas Ohel by a Beis HaPras. Why then did the mission include it? Let's see. Says the Gemara, there are different cases here. In one case, you have a field where someone is buried but is not uh, plowed. The field wasn't plowed. That's the case where we say minafeh. Ben kan besada shenechrash bakever. Sorry, let me say that again. Kan besada sheavad bakever. One is a case where you have a field where there's a person who's buried, and that is where we need a tzion. That is where we need to mark that field and say this field is a base apras. That then teaches the kohen who wants to walk through. You have to blow the dirt from in front of you to make sure you don't walk over a mace. And kan besada shenechrash bakever. There, you're right. There is no tumor there at all. Um, and no tzion would be required. Another question that uh, has come up in light of our conversation, two-thirds of the way down. Do we call a field where there was a mace buried there, and then the plow ran over this mace and scattered the bones and the dirt? That's still called a besapras. Says the Gemara, yes, it is in, and in fact, Israel. It's not as the Mishnah writes, Shlosha Besapras, and there are three types of Besapras, Sadesh Abad Bakever. This is the classical case of a Besapras, where you have a field where someone is buried, but we don't know where he's buried. The next is the Sadesh Nechrash Bakever. The second is a, is a field that we're, that's our case, and a Raya Brura, that a field where there was a mace and it was plowed over by the plow. <clears throat> That that's still called a beis apras, and the third is the sade bochen. What sade bochen? My sade bochen. Rabbi Shubar Abba Mishmed Ulamar sade shemaftirin ba mason. This is Jeff. What I was telling you before is that when a person would go from city A to city B, they had like an interim connection city. Mm-hmm. So what they would do is they would make sure that they uh, city A would bring the mace over here, and city B would come pick up the mace and bring them to there, so that people didn't have to schlep the whole way. So that's what they would do, and that's called sada beis habochen. And says the Gemara, what would happen near the time of my? Why is it that a sada beis habochen had the din of a beis apras? If it was only temporary, the mace is there for a couple hours, whatever. They meet, uh, they you know, one ambulance backs into the other, or one hearse backs into, then you're done. What what's the concern? The time of my says the Gemara, fifteen lines from the bottom. Ravini mishum by them We were concerned that people were going to be miyayish. They're so emotional. They they couldn't even wait for the second car to come, for the second horse and buggy to come, and they left the mace there. And therefore, that field has a halachic status of a base apras and requires demarcation. Another question that was learned: We had said above. We made a distinction by in the name of Rav Papa that a field that had already been plowed, even if there was a mace buried there, that doesn't require a tzion. Here, the Gemara says that's not true. If you find a field that has a sign on it, and you don't exactly know what's going on, we don't know if it's a regular base apras or if it's a base apras shenechrash, whether or not it requires a tzion. So says the Gemara: If it's an orchard. Where there are trees, apparently it was the standard that in a in a in an orchard that they would plow the fields in order to make the trees grow better. But and then that would be the distinguishing factor. Rabbi Huda doesn't agree with this. Rabbi Huda says in this price, so. These are subtle, subtle nuances in halacha. We don't mess around with Hilchos uh, Tumah Vitara by Kohanim. And therefore, you cannot pask in your own shilas here. You can't look at the trees and say, oh, there's a tree. They must have plowed it. Therefore, it's Necharash. Therefore, I can walk over it. It's Tahar. And you can't make the assumption the other way to burn Chuma because you think that it's a regular Beis HaPras. So says the Gemara, how do we understand this? Here, it was a field and they saw 
we can tell the difference between the two cases. In some cases, we are going to say that it was considered nechrash. In other cases, it's not. So if there are none, then then for sure we would make the assumption that it's just a regular base pras. Says the Gemara Valechush, maybe we should be concerned. Maybe what we should say is that even if it was plowed, but this mace wasn't plowed over, in which case the, the risk of walking through that as a coin is much worse. It's not tahor, like a plowed field that has a mace in it. It's going to be a problem. That's where we say menafeh, he has to blow the dirt in front of him. Why aren't we concerned about that? Where the trees are on the borders, we assume that the mace was buried near the trees. That's what some of the Rishonim here, right? Um, that it's more likely for someone to bury there than anywhere else, and therefore it was most likely plowed. Says the Gemara on the top of Vav Amad Aleph, getting to the end, a few minutes to spare. The Dilma Tuma Migavoy Vilamos Mi Baroy. Maybe it was the other way where it was definitely plowed, and therefore we can assume that it's all tower. Says the Gemara, no way. And no, it's like a forest. There's ground and there's trees, but everything is a it's a mishkababel. There's no reason to assume that it wasn't was or wasn't plowed. We have nothing to to we don't know what to assume. Some say that we're going to be makil here and assume that it's plowed, which is a lighter level of tuma, because we can't have the whole country uh, at risk of tumas kohen when we're not for sure when we're, when we're not sure about it. What did the line mean when the Bryce said, Rabbi Huda Omar Acheshem Zakin Otamud Lefisha Ein Hakolbekin Vadavar? What does that mean? This is our last line for the day. Amar Rabbi Shmami Natsur B'Mei Rabbana Dika B'Mata. That when you have a Shul Rabbi, you have a Shul leader in the community. Oh, they have to know everything about everything. They have to have their ear to the ground. They have to know how the funeral system works. They have to know how the cemeteries work. They have to know how the the uh, the Chaver Kedisha works. You have to know all of the right people. You have to be, you have to be a bucky in the city. They need to know everything that's going on. It's one of the responsibilities. So it's great that you can have someone who's a huge Tamil Chacham. It's great. And they can be a, a Posek uh, Nifla, but they still need to know some of the political ropes in the community in order to help their congregants navigate the complexities of the community. And here in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, you needed to know the Halachos of Tumah very, very well. You're going to have a percentage of your Tibor granted a small one, but a percentage of your Tibor that are Kohanim. When do they become Tamimi? So the CRC published a guide of where you're allowed to drive as a Kohen. But the trees that overhang, they tell you what streets not to drive on. So it's very practical for Kohanim. And I've, I've driven my nephew down the wrong street before because I'm not a Kohen, so I don't think about it. And he was, he was seven or eight at the time. He's like, Uncle Phil, you got to turn here. I'm a Kohen, and that's the cemetery. I'm like, oh, shoot. So I drove on the other side of, of traffic for like 10 seconds to go around a tree and then came back, and then I just got off the road entirely. All right, we'll stop right here. And Mimir Tzashem, recordings posted throughout the week. Have a beautiful week. Wishing you all a beautiful day. All right.